0: Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times, and we'll try to post something every day usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. Hinge events, you catastrophes and how these can understand this age that we're living in and what it is that we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to think and how we're supposed to live as disciples of Jesus— those are the three things that have been in my mind this morning as I've been reading the news, uh, reading the scriptures for the day, and just sitting in front of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and uh, on the cross, especially on this Friday when we call to mind his passion. So first, hinge events. So this is a term that's kind of becoming ubiquitous in the news right now. It's being used to describe uh, the ramifications of That are going to take place and are already beginning to take place because of the COVID virus. So a hinge event is something that once it happens it just forever changes and impacts all of life. So 9-11 was a hinge event. Uh, World War II was a hinge event. The Great Depression was a hinge event. People who lived through those eras We can all identify with this, most of us can anyway, with something like 9-11. Fewer of us with World War II and almost nobody with the Great Depression now. But those things impacted how we thought about all of life. Just think of the ramifications of how different it is to travel now versus what it was like pre-September 11th. So the fallout from COVID-19 is going to be like that. We're being told over and over again and we're seeing over and over again that we're not going back to normal. Everything's different now. Uh, Peggy Noonan in a column that she wrote a couple weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal said, love this image, It's, it's as if the America that we all left when we walked into our homes back in the middle of March is not going to be the same America that we walk back into when we leave our homes whenever those of us who are still stuck in our homes could actually leave. Well, thinking about hinge events got me thinking about this word, eucatastrophe, which probably isn't familiar to many of us, unless you're a fan of J.R.R. Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. So a catastrophe, right, comes from the Greek word meaning destruction. And Tolkien coined a new word, which he called a eucatastrophe, which was the only way he could describe what it was that takes place uh, in the Lord of the Rings, and really because what it describes is the resurrection. So a catastrophe," he says, is this sudden happy turn in a story. It comes out of nowhere, which pierces you, he says, with a joy that brings tears. And he says that the resurrection is the greatest, quote-unquote, eucatastrophe possible in the greatest story of all time. That's how we're supposed to understand the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. People have been asking, they've been sending me emails from um, different websites that they've been looking at that are all arguing this is the end days. Well, this is the end days. The end days began so many years ago when Jesus resurrected from the dead in the middle of history, which was something nobody, no Jewish man or woman was expecting. They expected the resurrection to take place at the end of history, when God would wrap everything up, if they believed in a resurrection at all, when there was uh, diversity amongst the Jewish people. Nobody expected somebody to rise from the dead in the middle of history. And that event changes everything. And that's what Paul's trying to preach to the people in the synagogue, in the reading that we had yesterday in the first reading, and again today in the first reading in Acts chapter 13. One way to think about it would be something like this. There is a narrative, a way of thinking about life, that shapes our way of living. And we all have one. The question today to reflect on might be, is our narrative, our worldview, our way of looking at everything, what matters, what doesn't matter, what we're supposed to be living for, what we're not living for, what success looks like, what it doesn't look like, what's a good life, what's not a good life, who's God, who am I? Is our way of thinking about the world, seeing the world shaped by scripture, or is it shaped by some other narrative? And I think for most of us, quite honestly, it's shaped by some other narrative. Priest friend of mine often just tries to remind people to be a disciple of Jesus is not to see some things differently. It's to see everything differently. And this is because of the eucatastrophe, the hinge event, which is the resurrection of Jesus. So Paul, his own life, was shaped by a particular narrative, an understanding of who the Jewish people were, what their mission was, who the Gentiles were, who the enemy was. And then it was all radically changed when he comes to understand in his encounter with the risen Jesus that his narrative, while in many ways was right, it was just off enough that it was taking him in the wrong direction. And Jesus is the one who truly fulfills all of the promises that God had made to his people in the Old Testament, which had massive ramifications for understanding uh, who the real enemy was, that it wasn't the Romans or it wasn't some other government. It was sin and it was death and it was hell. The people to whom he's preaching, they have a narrative. They have a way of thinking about life in many ways, their way of thinking about life. Perhaps this is a a gross overstatement, but we could say many people in Paul's time had a narrative that the Messiah was going to be this political figure. And so they had no room for a Messiah who would come and suffer and die because they didn't understand that the enemy was anybody other than the oppressive Roman Empire who was making their life hell. Paul's trying to help them understand No, no, no. The real enemy is sin and death, and now this event has happened in the middle of history, and it's changed everything, and it helps us understand what our life is supposed to be about. So maybe we can think about it this way. In the Gospel today, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. The narrative of the world in which we live would say something else. It would say Jesus is a way and a truth. He was a great teacher, someone with some wonderful words of wisdom, someone who just tried to get us to get along, someone who told us to love each other, someone who told us to be kind, and he met this really tragic, unfortunate end. Uh, in, at the uh, conclusion of his life, when the people that he had, you know, drastically upset, the rich, the powerful, the important, uh, they executed him. Is that your narrative? Because the truth is this, Jesus is not a great religious teacher. Jesus is actually not a religious figure at all, perhaps we could say. Jesus is the eternal Son of God, the one through whom the universe was made, who became man so as to rescue you and me. And now, in having done that in the middle of history, and you and I living on the other side of it, that changes everything It gives a direction, not for how we see some of life, or not for what we do one hour a week on Sunday, or at least we used to when we could go to churches. No, it changes everything. It shows me who God is. It shows me who I am, that I I matter. It shows me who everybody is, beloved enough by the creator of the universe for him to become flesh and go to battle for. It tells me what our mission is in this world, to first Understand who Jesus is and what he's done, to surrender to God in faith because of what he's done, to be heralds to others of what he's done, mindful that unless they know this, they're stuck in a world of despair and anxiety and discouragement, which is becoming more and more prevalent now because of the hinge event that we're living in with the pandemic. And it tells us that our mission in the world, until the Lord gloriously returns, is to do everything we can to be an agent of transformation, or as C.S. Lewis says, an agent of sabotage with the weapons of love and truth and goodness and beauty and reconciliation and forgiveness. You and I are supposed to be men and women who put on the lenses of faith like putting on a set of glasses, and it changes everything. This is the hinge event that's happened in history. And because it's happened, when other events happen, like the one we're living in right now, they don't shake us in the way that they would otherwise. We can acknowledge it, but we understand that history is his story, God's story, and he's in charge. And he's not ambivalent to us, he's not distant, he's not absent. He's a God who intervenes, and who rescues, and who saves. And our mission now, as disciples of Jesus, that is to say, as those who have been rescued, is to go and do everything we can to rescue others. Do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this.